ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Well, hey there. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 228. And on the show today, I chat with Primo the Alien. And this is going to be an interesting episode for all you people out there. So pay attention. We're trying to solve the world's problems. I'm just kidding. I don't know what... But look, we got a bunch of uh, cool music to listen to, some announcements, there's probably some announcements, and uh, we're going to do it, and that is the plan. I'm Andy Last, by the way, did I say that? I host the show. I host it. I've hosted it for 228 episodes. That is fucking crazy to me. I know I've said this many times on the show, but the most I ever made of anything was eight episodes of a web series called Alien Crisis, and you can look that up. And there was eight. And I remember thinking I was so proud of myself that I made eight. And here we are, 228 episodes of Beyond Synth, and it takes me all week to put these together, so I keep uh, pretty busy, man. But look, let's listen to some music and get this show started. So here is a track from Honeybeard, and I'm playing it to remind you of an event coming up in Toronto on March the 6th. And I'll tell you all about that because Honeybeard's going to be playing along with some other artists. But first, let's listen to the music. So this is Cross My Heart by Honeybeard.
And that was Honeybeard with Cross My Heart. And they're a talented bunch of dudes. That was from the Whispers of Light album. And uh, if you want to get to know Honeybeard, uh, you can just listen to a few episodes ago. Episode 221, to be precise, uh, when I had Honeybeard on the show. And I would like to do a quick shout out to my PayPals this week because uh, they are part of the puzzle of the people that... Part of the puzzle of the people. No. (laughs) They're part... Well, you know, people can support this show on Patreon, and I, you know, I shout out the names of the top-tier donors every week, and of course, there's also the PayPals, and I always forget to thank them, because unlike Patreon, I have to, like, log into my PayPal and then go to, like, activity, payments received, and then I, half the people don't want me using their real names, and I forget what their fucking aliases are, whereas Patreon, it, you know, comes with a nice little list that I can sort easily, but... I'm not complaining because these people support the show. There is the king of the PayPal's Upgrade Jimpy. He's a cool guy. I think Russ Nyes, who was a Patreon supporter, is now a PayPal because I see here Russell Nyes. Payment received from Russell Nyes. And it looks like we got a new PayPal here, Brandon Morin. Hello, Brandon Morin. Thanks for supporting Beyond Synth. And uh, James Shropshire, who gave a lovely little uh, $25 donation and a nice message saying he hopes the show keeps on going forever or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but thanks, James, uh, for supporting the show. You are very cool. Like my other awesome PayPals, there's Jimmy Groon. Ross, Bruce, Jersey, Digital Dreams, Timothy Warwick, Rob Dyson, Anselmo Incorporated, and Mr. Steve Coulter. So you guys are pretty cool people. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for being my PayPals. So look... There is an event coming up on March the 6th. When I say an event, a show, a show is happening, a music show in Toronto. That's where I record this show. If you're in Toronto, check out the Junction City Music Hall on March the 6th to see Honeybeard, who we just listened to, perform with User. That's U-S-3-R. I've played uh, some User tracks in the past. I believe it's technically his tour. And these are the sort of the local acts uh, supporting him. And then there's going to be Melodica, who I don't know Melodica, but uh, she's going to be there playing some music. She's got some new single or something. I'm just looking at the Facebook page now. But uh, that seems cool. And Exile, Mr. Kyle. I mean, he's just called Exile. It's not... (laughs) Exile Mr. Kyle. But he also DJs a tilt in Toronto, uh, the the video game arcade bar, along with uh, Neon Fox, who you hear on this program regularly with his top five picks. So that's going to be nice. Because he doesn't, uh, Exile doesn't often uh, do live music. Often I see him DJing, although he did, I believe, play at the last Honeybeard show I saw, where there was a conflict and the drag queens showed up because there was supposed to be a drag show and I guess they double booked or something and it was all very confusing but luckily they were all very nice people you can hear all about that if you listen to the Honeybeard episode so look March 6th Toronto Junction City Music Hall I'm gonna be there basically just because it's like a (laughs) it's a very short walk to where I live so that doesn't happen very often 
So look, let's listen to some more tunes, all right? Here's a cool one from Quato Lives. I've never played a Quato Lives track before, and uh, you should dig it, man. This is Back Alley Deals by Quato Lives.
And that was Back Alley Deals by Quato Lives from the album Prime Selection Volume 3. And that was a neat track. It reminded me of... I don't know if you guys ever played Time Splitters. Obviously, you know how much I love Goldeneye, and so I was always chasing that experience. You know, famously, a lot of the team of the people who worked on uh, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, they ended up forming the studio that made Time Splitters. And if we're being completely honest, I never loved the Time Splitters series because I didn't love the art style. But in any event, I still played them all. And Time Splitters 2, the first level, had this track with that sort of, that kind of plingy sort of instrument thing. And when I heard this Quato Lives track, I was like, this, it kind of gave me that vibe. I think it was like the Siberia level in Time Splitters 2 in the single player campaign. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> and uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We have a new supporter this week. In the the donation of the Beast Club, those are the people who donate triple six every month, uh, a donation from Jeremy L. Corp, like C-O-R-P. Do you say Corp? No. If you were like some evil science fiction organization, you'd be like the Laser Gun Corp. Oh, you would say Corp, wouldn't you? Oh, you don't pronounce the P when it's with the S, right? Like the Marine Corps, even though it's spelled corpse. I don't know why I ask questions out loud, because... <laughs> I'm not receiving any answers. I'm alone in a room. Oh, speaking of which, my whole fucking schedule is screwed. I know I've been bitching about this the past few episodes, but holy smokes, I feel like Han Solo. You know in Star Wars when he's trying to get the uh, the light speed working and it doesn't work? And then Han Solo's just like, it's not my fault! That's literally how I've been feeling the past few weeks. So you know there's teacher strikes going on. Not my fault. And I've got kids, which means now my workday is sort of impacted because I work from home. And as you know, I don't have a studio. So pretty much the only quiet recording time I get is when people aren't here. And so now, in the past uh, week and a half, two weeks, uh, my landlord has uh, started renovating the upstairs apartment. And and uh, it's causing so much noise during the workday that I can't record during the day. So I've had to reschedule several interviews, cancel some, and it's messing up my whole thing. And again, it's not my fault. It's just, it's all happening around me. But I'm going to try my best to keep on putting out content for you lovely people because you are awesome. And speaking of which, let's listen to some. I mean, I don't... I'm not trying to uh, diminish the music by saying it is content. Music is incredibly important to me, so I take back referring to it as content. Uh, it is very important for our development. So look, I want to listen to this track from Chalk Dinosaur. I've always really enjoyed this guy. He's very eclectic. He can do so many different genres. I've had him on the show a few seasons ago now. I love whenever he does sort of electronic music tracks. They're really good. And since he, he has so many different styles, like you can go to his band camp He'll release a new album and it'll be like a folk album or it can be like kind of country almost and like kind of rock stuff. And then uh, and then he'll put out like just really thumping awesome electronic music. And of course, that's the stuff I always gravitate towards. Uh, this is from the album Song of an Eastern Wind. And this is just a fun, housey, dancey kind of track, uh, which I liked a lot. This is Rockland Station by Chalk Dinosaur.
Alright, and that was Rockland Station. It's Rockland, right? Wouldn't be Rockland Station. Nah, it's Rockland. <laughs> anyway, it's by Chalk Dinosaur. Uh, that's just a fun disco-y house kind of track. I think what I love about what Chalk Dinosaur does is because since he, he does make music with so many different genres he does have a nice grasp of melody which i think is really important because there's a lot of electronic music that i don't gravitate towards and that's like i've said on the show you know mostly kind of the stuff that's just about the beat and stuff and you know i I always need a nice uh melody to sort of like hook me into a track so even if i do listen to it like kind of a house kind of track i do prefer when it's got a nice chorus and melody and stuff like that and so i dig that and uh you should go check out uh, chalk dinosaur and listen to him on the show i forget what episode it was it was a long time ago i think that was back in the double digits and uh let's uh let's thank some patrons here man i want to thank the kings of the pattersons uh, these guys donate 88 bucks a month. They're fucking crazy, but amazing at the same time. There's Robert D. Bishop, a.k.a. Collector, and Mr. Chris Dance. And let us not forget Mike Shima with the 82. You guys are bankrolling this whole show. Of course, when I word it like that, it sounds like there's a lot of pressure. There's... <laughs> But look, thank you, obviously, for supporting the show. You guys are amazing. And, of course, we've got Primo the Alien coming up in a little bit. I think you're going to enjoy the chat. Uh, I had a lot of fun. We uh, we joked around, and it was a good time. And we also discussed an issue within the scene that is definitely going to uh, spark some conversation, but hopefully uh, important and necessary conversation. Not to scare you people. Uh, it's mostly about the way credit is dealt with when two artists uh, collaborate on a track together. And uh, I think it's uh, something that people should really think about when going into collaborations and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and I finally started playing Hollow Knight. Jesus, for like... (laughs) Ever since that game out, people keep going, you gotta play Hollow Knight, you gotta play Hollow Knight. Uh, My sister-in-law lent it to me, and uh, it was just sitting there. I'm playing it on the Switch, and, you know, I I played it, and I was like, oh, this game's kind of cute or whatever, but then I never really put too much stock into it, and then now I'm hooked, and Jesus, I... (laughs) That game has got this one feature where when you have your shit, like all the money you've collected, if you die... You gotta go find your ghost to get your stuff back, but if you die again, you lose all your shit, and it is... It's happened to me, like, three times now, where I've had, like, a thousand bucks, or fucking Geo, or whatever the currency is, and I fucking die, and I can't get back to my ghost, and I die again? Oh my god! But for some reason, I keep playing the game, so obviously that's testament to good game design, because as I get older, when I get to a part in a game like that, and I lose my stuff, I just go, fuck it, I'm done with this game. (laughs) So, so it must be a very good game because I keep wanting to play. So Hollow Knight gets a thumbs up for me and maybe I'll let you know how it goes if I ever end up beating it. But first, we have to listen to more music. That's what we do here at Beyond Synth. We listen to music. And here is a track from an artist called Nina Richards. And this is a cool one. I'm trying to play lots of different styles today. So this is more of a cinematic kind of track, but I dig it. And uh, you should dig it too. This is Path of Hope by Nina Richards.
And that was Nina Richards with the track Path of Hope. And that's a cool one. Uh, Don't forget, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show. If you're listening on SoundCloud, just click on the More Info button and you'll see all the artists' links. If you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, I always include all the artists I feature on the show in the post about the show. So if you like their tunes, go check them out. I recommend that you do that and go check out uh, Nina Richards. I think I was watching a YouTube video and, and she had music in it or something. I think that's how I found out about uh, uh, her, but she makes some cool stuff, so go do it! And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Jacob Wick with the 4488 and City Hunter with the 42. And then there's Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos in the 2666 Club which is a little satanic. But there's that two in the front of it that sort of tempers it a bit. Oh, and speaking of which, uh, well, not <laughs> not speaking of which at all. I fucking <laughs> I'm not good at segues. I've got some videos that are going to be coming out on YouTube, so I've released the first one. You know how for the past, I don't know, like half a year ever since Outland in Toronto, I've been complaining that I have tons of videos to edit and I never have time to edit them? Well, I'm going to start working my way through that pile. So I've released my conversation with Von Kaiser. Uh, that's on the Beyond Synth YouTube channel. Um, they weren't playing at Outland. They were just there. And I took the opportunity to grab some people who were just visiting uh, Outland to also interview them because I thought, why the hell not? So you can go to my YouTube channel, the Beyond Synth YouTube channel, and check that out. And there's going to be... I'm going to release them all, um, which is what I was going to talk to you guys about. Because I think for the next two weeks... I'm just going to do a bunch of Beyond Synth live shows because since we record those at nighttime, or at least we're going to, (laughs) uh, means I can use the daytime to edit. And it would make me feel really happy and really satisfied if I could get these fucking videos done. So please bear with me. I mean, we're still going to have Beyond Synth every week. Um, They're just going to be live shows. And what I'm probably going to do is just get a bunch of guests to come in and do little guest spots on the show. So that uh, you don't feel like it's like two weeks of just episodes of me talking. Because that would uh, not be great. Because you've heard me talking. You're hearing it now. And it's the worst. So yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a bunch of live shows. And then hopefully I can work my way through the Outland videos. Although I feel like, optimistically, that's probably more like a three-week job. But we'll see. But Christ, if I can get those edited, I'm going to feel great. So go check them out. They're fun. The sound isn't great on them because we were recording them backstage at Outland. One of the reasons why it's taken me so long to edit them. Because honestly, for the first few months, I couldn't even bear to look at the footage because I was so pissed off at how the sound was. Um, So basically, I just said, fuck it. I just put a disclaimer at the start of the video that just says, sorry for the sound. And just reminding people that it was recorded at a live event because you hear it. (laughs) Like the music in the background is really loud. Um, It's still, it's not horrible. You can still hear people. Like I've seen much worse sounding videos, but I've also put subtitles in there for you people. If you're going to be like, I can't fucking hear what they're saying. Like, all right, well, you can read what they're saying, asshole. All right, so look, let's listen to more music. Um, I would like to listen to this track by Heart Racer. This is from the album Eat Your Heart Out. And uh, these guys just got in touch with me. 
a few weeks ago, but they've been making music for many, many years. And they perform live synth pop. And uh, it's good stuff. It's called Heart Racer. That's the that's the artist. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty five dollar club. There's Clint Dowling, Anthony, Alex Seligson, and a star apart. And uh, you guys are gonna dig this. This is Numb by Heart Racer. <laughs>
was Heart Racer with the track Numb from the album Eat Your Heart Out. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Restless Night, Honeybeard. Hey, we heard Honeybeard today. There's Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Pattern Shift. You guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting Beyond Synth. So we'll listen to uh, one more track, and then we'll go chat with Primo the Alien. Uh, I was... (laughs) You ever wonder why sometimes YouTube recommends the videos it does? Because for Christ's sakes, I was just literally watching comedy videos and then they decided that I needed to watch a video (laughs) where (laughs) the title of the video was Testing the Stinger Tactical Whip Against Coats and Jackets. And then it's a whole YouTube page of some guy who I guess he does like self-defense training, but like his buddy will just like beat him with different things. And I think he also like wrestles with his wife to teach like self-defense for ladies. And so she had like a taser and he's like wrestling with her to try and get her to see if she can still like electrocute him and stuff. And I'm like, why is this on my feet? Like, <laughs> Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I ended up watching a bunch of So who knows, maybe YouTube knows me really well, but like, I'm not the kind of guy who, I mean, put it this way, up until yesterday, I didn't know there was such a thing as a stinger tactical whip. So, (laughs) nor did I know that this item needed to be tested against coats and jackets, but apparently, um, I don't know, apparently, (laughs) you go watch the damn video, I don't (laughs) know. Do you think there is, like, a random aspect of the the YouTube algorithm? Like, they clearly, you know, when you watch certain videos, they clearly try and throw other shit at you. But then, every so often, there's just that, like, that weird one where it's like, so, does all the audience of the video I just watched also big into watching a guy get beat with a tactical whip? Like, is that it? Then you gotta ask yourself, like, why is that the connection? Like, it's just odd. Like, I don't... I just I just want to understand um, because definitely YouTube is not recommending my videos to people because they <laughs> guy getting beat with a tactical whip and it's got like hundreds of thousands of views and I spend weeks editing a video that like eight people watch but uh, <laughs> at least more than eight people listen to this show so yeah I'm all I'm happy for all 13 of you who are still paying attention. So look, uh, let's listen to one more song and then we'll go chat with Primo. So here's a cool one from Mantis 
from the album Summer Dreams. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Kempson, Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, and Blake Peterson. And uh, this is a nice classic synth wavy kind of track. This is Midnight City by Mantis.
And that was Mantus with the track Summer Dreams. The reason why I keep saying Mantus is because it's M-A-M-T-U-S. So I don't want to say Mantis. It's Mantus. Mantus! Uh, with the track Midnight City. Uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. With the 2049, it's Ashley Keegan. With the 20, it's Andy's Laugh. Uh, and then Rachel Buchelman with the 1985. And Morat with the 1984. You guys are awesome. So look, let's do it. Uh, here's my chat with Primo the Alien. All right, and I'm here right now. Oh, actually, set, Good God. <laughs> set the record straight here. Is it Primo or Primo the Alien? It's both. It's both, yeah. Primo the Alien is more Googleable, but Primo, yeah, sure. Either or. So, like, when I'm done saying, hey, we just listened to that song, I'll just say that was Primo? Primo, yeah, You, but you maybe use both. I mean, I just think it's easier to Google me when they type in Primo the Alien. Then you'll find me very quickly. If you type in Primo, you're going to find, oh, Spanish word for cousin. You're going to find a bunch of rappers. What are the rappers Primo like? Should I search for them? Um, I don't know. I haven't listened to any. I'm not trying to give them plays, man. I'm trying to boost myself up to the top of the fucking, like, Spotify Primo list or whatever. Now I'm kind of really interested in these uh, rappers. Mm-hmm. Is this this is all going in, right? Yeah, I don't edit this show. Okay, great. I just want <laughs> The point is, I'm here right now with Primo, the alien who does not rap, who wants you to Google her. Her name is Laura, right? Or is that fake? I didn't tell you that you could say that. Oh, is that a secret? You're exposing me. You know, yeah, my name's Laura. Yeah, Laura Lee Bishop. Hi, Laura. Hi. You are based out of where are you at? Oh, you did your research. Yeah. Um, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in Austin, <laughs> I'm in Austin, Texas, and I'm, I'm from a really small farm town in Texas, but I live in Austin now. Well, I'm actually from another planet, but like where I spent most of my, my formative years was in a really small farm town. On a literal farm? Not on a farm, in a farm town, 5,000 people. Ooh, I got you beat. Oh, really? I come from a small town of 2,300. Oh, Wow. I don't know what I'm beating you in here. Where's that? Well, I come from a small town where Canada has its Groundhog Day. We have a thing called Yamboree, Festival of the Yams, Hmm. where there's a yam queen, big parade. Do they pick a lady who's like shaped like a yam? No, it's whoever sells the most tickets. So it's really just like a money thing, like everything else in this world, Hmm. man. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I want to talk about injustice. Yeah. So look, uh, you make fun music, and I enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, just so you know, I don't actually have notes. What I do is, uh, clearly, Uh I just have the songs I like, and then every few minutes we just play them. I've heard the show. I did my research. Okay, I, I I did my research. I listened. Hey, come on, man. I listened to your music. I saw some pictures. What else do I need to do? I listened to an episode that you gave like so many spoilers for Toy Story 3. You told the whole ending. I was act- I mean, I'm never going to watch it because I don't watch cartoons because I'm an adult. But like y- it was upsetting. That's a weird frame of mind. I've always been trying to wrap my head around mm-hmm. because my philosophy is as an adult, you've earned the right to enjoy life from birth up till that point. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I don't eat candy bars because candy bars are for children. And it's like, no, like, I'm an adult now. I get to enjoy all the fun that I've accumulated over my life. And so I never really see why an adult... I think there's a different analogy than candy bars. Like, I don't ride a tricycle anymore because I'm an adult. Candy bars are for everyone. You see, but that's the thing, too, because when people make that, that argument, it's like, so... 
for the rest of my life I have to watch like fucking crime and rape dramas and stuff like cartoons are fun they're light that's such a leap man that's such a leap you took but I'm gonna say this I don't not watch cartoons it's just that I know you watch cartoons so I was just wanting I just like to say things to bug people and I'm doing it right out of the gate here I'm under your skin you don't know what to do. Well, look, no, it's, you know why the problem is? It's because <laughs> the Toy Story movies are very good and emotional and they... Well, thank you for spoiling the third one for me. Now I'll never enjoy it. I know what happens. Now you won't You won't have to worry that they're all going to be incinerated. Oh my God, you're going to tell it again. You're going to spoil it again. There's someone listening right now who hasn't seen it and it's like on their queue on Netflix or something and they're just waiting for the right time and now they know incineration. First of all, it's going to be on their queue of Disney Plus because Disney removed all their content from Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. Look, man, they should have known. Pixar, it's like Toy Story 3. Wasn't that like the biggest movie that year? One of them. I don't know. I'm not a cartoon expert like you. Google it. Just uh, type it in. Just put Primo into Google and see what happens. Primo, the alien, and then Toy Story 3 and see what comes up. Something really weird, I promise. Mm, Just turn safe search off. Yes, definitely. How about this? Let's listen to some music. Okay. Whose music? Well, we're going to listen to Primo the alien. Hell yeah. All right? Hell yeah. Google has just informed me that that is uh, a lady in Austin who uh, wishes she were the yam queen but didn't sell enough tickets. Mm. I want to play this song. It's called To The Max, and it's a lot of fun. So let's uh, let's do it up. This is uh, To The Max by Primo the Alien.
And that was To The Max by Primo the Alien. And I'm here with Primo right now. Laura Lee Bishop. Yam Queen. Yes. Uh, And that is a fun track. There's also a fun music video that you made for that one, which made me laugh. Thank you. Yeah, that was with um, my best friend slash podcast co-host, Joe Barlow. Uh, We have a podcast together called Heavy Friending about two strangers who try to become friends. And spoiler alert, we are best friends. So it worked. I like the bit where he's like lip syncing to your vocals. (laughs) That was the part that made me giggle. I'm like, this is good. And this is why, you know, when I saw the thing and I was like, this person has a good sense of humor. I look forward to talking to her. Yeah. And then minutes into it, she's like, I don't like cartoons. You're a fucking man boy. Boy, piece of shit. Yep. You know, then it all fucking changed. Yeah. Are you a psychic or what? It's like, <laughs> I didn't say those words, but I was thinking them the whole time. <laughs> it up like that. I'm just a good judge of character. Yeah. Or I was like really, you know, sending it with my mind all the way to Canada where you are located because I, again, looked you up, you know? That's true. I guess I didn't have to look up all the aboots and the souris and the whatnot. Or no, no. Those all, kind of that just, that's a package deal, man. That's what you get. <laughs> and every picture I take always somehow has the CN Tower behind me. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are because it's a really big tower mm-hmm. in Toronto anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there a, no, it's the biggest one. Fuck you. All right. Uh, great. Bigger than your fucking you. yam queen. I, well, I've never seen her. So. <laughs> All right. Was it fun making that music video? It was. It was really fun. It was super cheap. I think we. I spent like maximum 500 bucks, maybe less, just to rent the space, really. And then we had so much fun. It was so hard to film. Everything we did, we were dying. We were laughing hysterically. Especially there's like a part where we both fall onto the mat together and we're like nose to nose and we're acting like we're going to kiss, but then we turn away at the last second. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, we did that like a hundred times because every time we just died laughing. It was so fun. No, I get it. Whenever I film things with people like that involve eye contact, Mm -hmm. it's hard as hell to like not giggle. Yeah. Like it's the worst. I've actually been told I make too much eye contact. That is what that when I was on America I was on American Idol. That was one of my critiques from one of the executive producers that I made too much eye contact. Well, it can be pretty intense, right? I mean, I I don't make a lot of eye contact. People have like called me on it. Like it's weird. Like when I'm with people, I look at them when I talk, but eye contact to me is like there's this weird like intimacy where I just feel like shit. If I look at this person for more than like 20 seconds in the eye, I'm going to like fall in love with them or something. So I'm always like looking away. It's because you have something to hide. That's why you're hiding something. What is it? Let's get to the bottom of it. Uh, well, I just I, I think it's just um, that I don't want to fall in love with everybody. I'm a very empathetic person. Okay, what's your greatest fear? My greatest fear? Mm-hmm. A world with no cartoons. It's a good question. It is. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something in there deep down that's scaring you, and that's part of this eye contact thing, and we'll get to it. But next up, we're going to hear it. Um, I don't know. No, I not yet. Like that was a good transition, and then we played a sad song or something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're not taking over my show, man. Oh, this is the only place where I have any power. When I'm out in the real world, I'm so meek, I can't even look people in the eyes. So tell me about American Idol. That sounds fun. Uh, Yeah, it was wonderful. Not soul-crushing at all, and didn't leave me crying on an airplane back from Hollywood. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I went... I went Went to Hollywood twice <laughs> on the season, the season with J Lo and Steven Tyler, and then the season with Mariah Carey and Nicki Minaj and Keith Urban. Um, I actually just saw Aerosmith this weekend too. The Steven Tyler, it was like full circle, you know. Yeah. Sent me to Hollywood and you know, sent me on a rock and roll fantasy. 
in Las Vegas this weekend. It's great. Because I'm curious about that because a lot of your music has sort of this kind of tongue-in-cheek sense of humor to it. There's a few tracks that are a bit more serious, I guess, lyrically. So, like, Mm -hmm. did you fall into the idea of doing, I'm going to be a bit more playful about this? Did you start out going, like, I think I want to be more serious and then find the funny? Or was what order did it happen in? Well, I mean, I'm naturally a very comical person. And so that's just always been something I I would do. And originally, I mean, I've written all, I've done all different kinds of music throughout the years. And have done singer songwritery acoustic guitar type stuff which would be me singing like the most you know devastating song about the passing of my father and then literally like seconds later making jokes in between <laughs> so it was always like this weird kind of transition thing between like a very serious thing and then a very humorous thing so when I started Primo it was kind of um, as a result of just like being tired of getting permission for things sort of like I had been working with Tommy Boy in New York and that was just a lot of asking you know them deciding what song or people making decisions for me so I wanted to do everything on my own and I guess when I got to that point of doing everything on my own I just naturally happened that it was very tongue-in-cheek on the nose silly humorous stuff but there's a truth and a seriousness at the heart of all of it Um, even when I'm being super ridiculous I have a song that's going to come out called Rock Professor it's probably the most outrageously ridiculous silly song one of the most silly songs but it's from like a very serious place at the same time so just towing that tight little line Mm. i'm not sure i care for that expression so (laughs) but the (laughs) so for example like on the album tracks like give it back for example to to me don't play as humorous as some of the other ones but also i don't put i don't go into a song and go like okay here's what this song's gonna be here's me fucking yucking it up about this thing it just happens and sometimes it just happens in this way and sometimes it happens in that way and it happens in whatever way and i mean i'm gonna tell you right now i didn't know what synth wave was i didn't know about a lot of this shit i'm still figuring out i didn't even i thought it was called retro wave forever ago i really don't even know it anything. doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't okay I, I get it but people are like <laughs> you don't know the difference between vapor wave and little uh, whatever dream wave and in my world I don't create a certain kind of music I create a music I make what I make it has nothing to do with anything else so I get you know I'm not a synth wave particularly you know I am what I am and there's some influences in there for sure so when I'm making something it's just whatever happens happens type of thing uh, the way I think about it now and it's taken me a few years doing this show to, to finally figure it out it's like synth wave is more the scene right like the scene of people that have come together it's sort of like an umbrella term that houses so many different genres because you'll find most synthwave artists especially as they start to get bigger or more popular will often say the sentence they don't consider themselves synthwave and it's because the genre when it started was very specific it was like it, it grew from this thing called outrun basically just like electronic music with like 80s samples pretty much basically people who make music that kind of has a nostalgic kind of flair to it and people call it retro wave and it's a state of mind man yeah it is no it, it really it's is state of mind <laughs> so that's why i don't really like using those terms like i still do but it's like it's just sort of a shorthand to just say oh you make kind of music with a sort of a nostalgic and sometimes the nostalgia can be very specific like i'm using very specific keyboard 
chords and very specific samples. Sometimes it's song structure. Sometimes it's art, visuals, and all this shit. Right. And I mean, I came upon it by like trying to figure out what I was doing because I was making yes. this and I was like, what, you know, Googling like 80s, modern 80s music or like, you know, 80s pop, but now type of things. Yeah. And that's when I came upon this. And granted, yeah, what I, what I do is a, a bit different, but it, you know, it all works together. I've never played like a synthwave type of show with other people on the bill like that where everyone was like, get out of here. You know, this isn't synthwave. Yeah. Everyone's had a good time. So every, um, you know, online community, there's going to be those pedantic nerds. And I have an issue with them as well because I don't like boxing people in. I like when artists evolve and change. You know, there's some artists who started making this type of music in like, you know, like 2012 or whatever. And now they're kind of making different kind of music. And I still support them because they sort of had their start in the scene. And then there's going to be those nerds online who are like, it's fucking not synthwave anymore or whatever. There's some people who literally, they get upset if you say it's synthwave if it has vocals in it. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, you just don't, you just don't, uh, I don't even bother with those. Well, also, just don't listen to it. It's really easy. You, you pick what you want to listen to and like, you know, it's like, just don't listen to it. It's cool. It's nothing to get mad about. Well, look, let's listen to another track and then we'll keep talking. Cool. This was a fun one. I like this one. It was called Christmas Time With You. It was your Christmas song. You had a Christmas song. We're playing a Christmas song? Yeah, why not? Who cares? This is wild. Okay. Hell yeah. You're crazy. I like... <laughs> <laughs> I like that uh, you have Christmas time as one word, too. That's cute. Yeah. So let's listen to this. This is uh, Christmas Time With You by Primo the Alien.
that was Christmas time with you. This is a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> this is a wild ride we are on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. I well, have look. to address it. I have to address it. Okay. You did that in one breath, man, what you just did. It wasn't even a pause. Well, they're not going to notice that because it'll be fucking... But they uh, are because we're going to talk. I'm talking about it. I'm talking to them about it. You guys have to know what he just did. No. It was crazy. Listen, <laughs> if there's one thing I do confidently, it's pull the wool over people's eyes. And that's why I can't look people in the eyes because then they'll find out how <laughs> oh, devious I am. I don't want them to know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean... Oh, my gosh. People discover this stupid podcast, like, years later. And so those are the messages mm-hmm. I always get from people just like, oh, I just found your show. I'm starting off. So, like, who knows? Maybe it's Christmas time right now for them in the year, yeah, yeah. you know, 2028. 20, yeah. Hope I'm still kicking in the live. God bless me and all the <laughs> listeners as well <laughs> out there. Who knows? I mean, after this Vegas weekend I had, I'm just too crazy for my own good. You know? So you went to Las Vegas this weekend. I did. I feel like my voice is like a little bit deeper and raspier, too since returning. Yeah, but, no, it sounds good. Yeah, I did. I have I have all these like mysterious bruises. I was like, what's this from? Where'd that come from? Why does it hurt here? Did you fall a lot? Who knows? I can't tell you what I did. I can't tell you. I know I sang the hell out of some karaoke, ate a big steak, and got really drunk. Did someone pull you off the stage violently? Uh, no, but they may have mobbed me when I was done because the fan, they went wild. <laughs> the fans at the karaoke? Hey, and actually, I killed it. I'm a karaoke queen. Yeah? Listen, I was on American Idol, dude. You think I don't know how to stand up and sing some Aretha Franklin for a room of people? What is the actual process of going on one of those shows? Like, they heard you in. There's a big line. How do they know you made too much eye contact? Who gave you that note? That doesn't... You don't get to that point for a very long time. That's months later. So you do cattle calls first, and that's where they call it down to okay people, essentially. Yeah. Then you do lower level... You come back. You know, a month later, you do lower level producers, then you do executive producers and they film and then you come back for judges again. So it's like a it's like a six month long process before you ever go to Hollywood. You have to go through several rounds. That makes the premise of the bad people so much meaner. Oh, it's so horrible. Like, and, and what's really sad is that they're there. I mean, they've made it through all these rounds, essentially, and they get there to the judges the day and they think that they're going to Hollywood. You think a lot of them know that they're funny and I'm going to tell you, I two years I did it and I, I'm going to tell you right now, I never met anyone who thought that they were going in there to be the butt of a joke. They all thought that they were going to Hollywood. It was really sad. For some reason on TV, the way they make it seem is like, oh, this guy was bad. And then somehow they just wheeled him right in to be in front of those idiots. But the fact that they had to pass through means there's so many different people in the chain who are laughing at this mm-hmm. person going, oh, this dude's going to be fucking terrible on TV. And then they, mm-hmm. they there must be like a separate note or something, piece of paper that's like, this guy sucks. And like, that's a box they check. I don't think they need to do that because the people are so bad that they open their mouth or they walk in and people are already laughing half the time. And the judges will say, or the executive producers, you know, because you could hear some of that stuff when you were waiting in the ranks mm. to go for your turn. And they would say stuff like, yeah, do it exactly like what you just did. You know, that really embarrassing performance. Do it exactly mm. like that. Type yeah, of. yeah, yeah. It's a trip. It's quite a trip. But it made me stronger. It, made, it was, I mean, it was a great experience in, this, in terms of there's nothing else in this world that will ever make me nervous. No performance that will ever scare me ever again. You will never experience anything like walking into a room with Mariah Carey staring at you while you sing a Whitney Houston song acapella with like 15 freaking cameras on you, executive producer people. You know, I mean, you'll never, ever 
it, that there's just not any other real experience like that. So it trained me up. Yeah. For my job as everyone's favorite alien. <laughs> Can I type that into Google? Everyone's favorite alien? Yeah. Yeah, sure. See what happens. <laughs> it's going to be E.T. The fucker's been yeah. competing with me for a long time. <laughs> It's true. I never thought of him that way, but I guess oh, he is. Oh, E.T., so cute, you know? He says, like, three words. Doesn't make any good jokes, as far as I can tell. I never really loved E.T. I know that's, like, a sacrilege thing to say, but I've only really watched it, like, once or twice. I loved it, yeah. That, I was a big fan of E.T. No, everyone is. Yeah, but there's something wrong with you. We've already said that. My controversial movie opinion is, like, I'm not a huge Steven Spielberg guy. It's fine. It's- His movies are they're, they're, they're too sentimental for me. From the Toy Story guy. Because fucking Toy Story and the third movie. I like movie, it when toys gonna... are going to face certain death. Yeah, man. They they're don't. getting fucking lowered the into the fucking. Like the... <laughs> all, all that happens to E.T., the fucking idiot gets sick because he was like eating M&Ms or whatever. Oh my God, are you kidding? They're going to like do experiments on him and they're taking him away and he's dying in the thing. And he has to, the boy has to get him, Elliot has to get him back home or they're going to kill him. I just can't really watch movies with puppets in it. It's like for kids, you know? It's like puppets? Like, come on. Yeah. Okay, great. I get it. All right. See what mm-hmm. I'm doing? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I see, I'm not done, fucking done. I'm not taking the bay. I'm done with you. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's not true. I love puppets. I have love in my heart for all forms of artistic expression. You know, whether that be a marionette sure. or some sort of cartoon. Pornography? Well, is that really art? Well, that's... Hey, I man. mean, it's... One man's trash is another man's art. And, you know, I'm sure there's artistic qualities to different <laughs> films. There really isn't. There is not. <laughs> it's okay. We don't... I feel like there's probably some, like, perv out there who has to justify it that way. Yeah. Be like, oh, no, this is creative. I'm just like, nah, it's not. It's fine. It's okay. okay. It's fucking... Yeah, okay. It's trash. Now you're making me want to find something to, that is artistic. But I just don't have enough time in the day to research this for you. <laughs> if the end result is you're sitting at your computer wagging off over it, then it's not art. But you realize that some people out there have probably whacked it to Toy Story. So think about it that way. You know, we are all different. We all have different <laughs> proclivities, bud. That's actually a good point, then. Does that render my argument irrelevant if there's a guy like, hey, man, these are some pretty trees, and I know that there's some dude out there who's going to, like, beat off about him and be like, does that mean my garden is porn? Yeah, there's a woman who married the Eiffel Tower, for Christ's sake, you know? Well, that wasn't official, was it? She had a ceremony, and she consummated it in public by hiking her skirt up and straddling one of the railings. So, I don't know. It sounds official to me. Like, to completion? To her completion? I can't speak for the Eiffel Tower. It doesn't speak to me. Apparently, it speaks to her. She was also in love with the Berlin Wall, so... This lady just sounds like a whore. Oh, my God. Are you allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting there just fucking all these different buildings. Oh, I'll yeah, marry this know. one, but I'll fucking rub up against this one. Like, what's that about? Yeah, there was, there was another one on there that she was friends with this other chick on there who was in love with a ride at like Coney Island or something so they go to see this decommissioned ride it was like down for the fall or something and that one was over there with this ride having a sexual experience and then it cuts to the lady who married the Eiffel Tower and she's literally straddling a fence in the middle of the woods she's like the pointy edges and I mean it's crazy you guys please everyone check it out all right so these are just all pervs then right yeah again like they're just certain things that are just like okay that's weird right like marrying a building like can we say that's weird is this like anything like 2020 where we can't say that's weird it's weird i mean i 
think it's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely weird. I don't care if she does it. I don't want to ostracize any potential fans. Uh, I think it's beautiful. And uh, <laughs> primotheealien.com. Okay? I'll write a song about it. <laughs> Listen, I uh, if there's one thing I love to do, it's ostracize fans. <laughs> but I like to say it's because I have integrity. So it's like, hey, man, I don't I don't need a big audience. Like, it's just, I just like people who like the right stuff or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I say that's the only reason why 14 people listen to this show is because I have I, mm-hmm. uh, I try and shoo them all away on purpose. Is it really 14? I gotta go. <clears throat> Sorry, it's 17. 17. <laughs> is that better? Yeah, sounds like my Spotify listeners. Speaking of uh, Spotify, let's listen to more of your music. Mm, good one. There's a, a fun track here called 1987 that I like, mm-hmm. and we're going to listen to that right now. Is that cool with you? Yes. Well, this is Primo the Alien with 1987. My name, my name is Primo.
And that was 1987 by Primo the Alien. And I'm here with Primo right now, Laura. And we're just uh, chatting about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're chatting about a lot of weird shit right out of the gate. Sorry, they're doing construction upstairs. So if you hear banging sounds, literally like my ceiling, like chips and stuff keep like falling down because they're like smashing a wall upstairs. What if I hear someone saying, help, help me? You no, know? that's not a problem. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> they like it. It's fine. Mm. That's the thing. You just don't get it down there. And like everyone in Canada has a house gimp. Oh, okay. Cool. That's just the way we live up here. I. That's shocking that you're not the house gimp to me, though. Uh, I'm claustrophobic. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't live in the uh, the suitcase or whatever. It takes a certain okay. special kind of uh, person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gimps. So tell me about this track. This was fun. This one kind of <laughs> reminded me of like a Madonna in the 90s type song, like that chorus. Oh, cool. I'm into that. I love Madonna. That was just a fun one. I always do this thing of like undermining my songs by being like, I didn't really care about, I don't know why I do this, but like that one I wanted to be like, ah, it was just like a little thing I wrote, eh, whatever. But I spent like a lot of time on it. So I obviously cared about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 1987, the year of our Lord, uh, Laura Lee Bishop slash Primo the Alien. I was born. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Great year. It was all right. What happened in 87? What what were the top movies of 87? I don't know. Maybe Top Gun? Who? When did Top Gun come out? Hold on. Movies. 1987. We're like E.T. List of American films. Where's the IMDb one? Here we go. Ready? Yep. Princess Bride, number one. Ooh, not bad. Dirty Dancing, number two. It's pretty good. Moonstruck, I've never seen. <gasps> oh, so good. Full Metal Jacket. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon, the first one. I mean, come on, man. Spaceballs. Ugh. Predator. Quality. Predator's number seven. Predator should be number one. Robocop. Oh, 87's a good year. See, I told you. I told Lost you. Lost Boys. Untouchables. Running Man. That's a fun... Wait, Running Man came out the same year as Predator? Hellraiser. La Bamba. Oh, God. Hellraiser did a... They used to show that on USA Network during the day. And I saw that as a small child and it really fucked me up. Not because of the scariness factor, but the injustice of it. Like that box that the dude, he wants to go to hell, her uncle or whatever, and he's tinkering with this box so he can open the gates to hell. Well, she just comes upon the box that he left, you know, out where anyone could touch on it. She yeah. didn't know it was going to open <laughs> the gates to hell. And all of a sudden they're trying to drag her away. And I'm like, this isn't fair. She didn't know, you know? Beverly Hills Cop 2 came out in 1987. Mm-hmm. Mannequin. Raising Arizona. Are we going to do every single um, film that came out in 87? We're going to go to the top 30. Uh, number 27 <laughs> is The Living Daylights. That's James Bond. I like that one. Okay. Can't Buy Me Love. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, No Way Out. Number 30. Okay, we did it. Number 31 is Over the Top. <laughs> with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I've never seen that. Somebody recently was like, you, that's your kind of movie. And I was like, oh, I got to watch it then. Sounds like my kind of movie. Yeah, it's dumb. I have a song called To the Top, which hasn't come out yet. But what I've been told, it's a, it mashes up well with the film. Yeah, he's arm wrestling for custody of his kid. It's a fucking stupid movie. 100% my kind of movie. Yeah. No, that's happened to me in real life. So Superman 4, Witches of Eastwick. I liked Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Yeah. So I guess we're doing top 50. I'm surprised. 87 has a lot of really good movies. Well, what's interesting about this is that you instantly were like, what's so great? about 87 nothing good came out in 87 you know you're doing you're talking out of your ass 
And now look at you. You got egg on your face. Well, look, I don't <laughs> maintain this complexion easily, all right? And so I have to do have what to needs egg. to be done. Yeah, so I uh, just uh, squeeze the egg white and I just keep the yellow part. And uh, You squeeze the egg white. I don't know what I'm doing. Do people do that? Egg, egg is probably bad for your face, I imagine. I don't know. It seems to me like it would be good for your face. I'm sure there's some kind of like egg white facial thing yeah. out there. See, I'm a fucking man. Like, I don't fucking do none of this shit. Right, right. Yeah, okay. Truth is, I do, and I actually buy very expensive face cream. That checks out. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Does it come across in my photos? I have a very youthful glow for an 87-year-old. You do have a glow about you, yeah. What about any uh, cosmetic stuff? You doing any of that stuff? Maintaining? I do. I don't like to talk about it. Well... I mean, this is the episode where we're talking and we're getting, we're not just getting to the bottom of me, we're getting to your little bottom too, okay? Well, look, (laughs) the point is I am actually incredibly self-conscious and try to pretend that I'm not. We all are that way. Yes. Everyone. Well, I mean, I've had these conversations with other dudes too. Like if, if they're in the spotlight, you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta look your best at least. I'm not going to say I look good, but I'll try and look the best I can look. You could just be like all these synthwave guys and just put a fucking mask on and never show your face. I could. Although if I do that ever, I'll get a mask made of my face. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty awesome. So look, well, how I was about talking this? Just, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll save your story, man. We'll save it. I have so many stories. Yeah. Just good ones. I'll, I'm putting them in the bank and just waiting to tell you all of them after this. So this is interesting. So this is how I discovered you, but I understand that there's a very interesting story behind this track. Mm. Uh, We're going to listen to it because I really like the song. It's called My DeLorean. Yes. And it's by Primo the Alien.
right, and that was My DeLorean by Primo. And I'm here with Primo right now. So look, yeah. before we started talking, you said you had something you want to talk about. I don't know what this is already. I'm pretending like I don't know. <laughs> um, this was a song that I discovered you. Yeah. Uh, it was a Time Cop track featuring Primo. Right. But uh, my understanding is that there is some controversy. That's the way the British people say it. Yes. About this. So what do you want to what do you want to talk about this this well, track? I mean, one thing that's great about the track and that that I, you know, Time Cop and I did it or released it together is that people found out about me and heard about me. I did not have any listeners. I mean, I'm talking like my when I put out my first EP to the max, I just put it out, you know, overnight type thing. I didn't get any press for it. I tried. Don't get me wrong. I didn't just like drop it and didn't attempt press but I didn't get any press I didn't get any buzz I didn't get any write-ups any playlists nothing so um I started working on a second EP I'm always recording you know some people like you know do an album and then they you know take some downtime or whatever I'm always I have like 10 unreleased songs that I just keep adding and adding and adding to so um at the time I reached out to Yordi to Time Cop to do a collaboration and he was like, yeah, let's do something. You know, I'll send you a beat or whatever and we'll write. Um, and a lot of time went by and, you know, I did the, oh, I don't want to bug him thing. And I kept like, you know, checking in every few weeks. Hey, how's it going with the beat? Well, eventually he was kind of just like, I'm just too busy. He, I think he was like moving houses at the time and relocating all his studio stuff. So it was just too much. So I was like, oh, no worries. You know, I was super disappointed and bummed because I was like, this could have been, you know, my way for people to figure out that I exist. Mm. <laughs> so. So um, I just sent him a song that I had finished that was going to be on my EP that I was working on. And I was like, oh, well, let me know what you think of this. And it was DeLorean. At the time, it wasn't my DeLorean. It was just DeLorean. It was one of those songs where when you write, sometimes you agonize when you write and you spend so much time and you put it away for a while and then you come back to it later. This was one that just like, it was very easy, very quick for me. Someone actually pissed me off and I sat down at my computer and hit that and it just came out very quickly. So I sent it to him and he responded back with, oh my God, I love this song. I can't stop listening to it. It's great. I want to work on it with you is what how it started. I would like to work on it with you. And there was a part of me that was kind of like, ooh, on the inside. Like, I kind of don't want anyone to touch it because it was my baby and because I, I liked how it was type of thing. I was like, I don't know if anybody can make it better. I think it's pretty good the way it is. But I said yes. So some time went by, time went by, time went by. And then he emailed me again and was like, hey, I can't add anything to it. I just like it the way it is. His actual words are, it's perfect in my ears and I don't want to change it. So how would you feel about me putting my name on it and releasing it that way? So <laughs> I was desperate for exposure and I wanted people to hear it. And I thought if I put it out on my own, they wouldn't, they would never hear it. So I said, yes, let's do that. I sent him all the stems. I remember bouncing the stems. My aunts were in town from New Jersey at the pool. And instead of going to the pool with them, I was sitting bouncing stems to send to him. <laughs> Bouncing stems. I'm sorry. It just what? when he, when you hear it said so many times, it just it, sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> bouncing stems. But well, I mean, that's it. It just sounds like a sex thing, but like I'm, I don't know exactly what that would be. Well, just like your maybe your legs are in the air and they're just like going back and forth really fast or something. Bouncing stems. Yeah, I'm sure there's. You know, we can we can get into the the details of it if you would like, but. <laughs> 
I'm going to charge through this uh, dramatic tale, um, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sorry. Continue. Anyway, so I sent him all this stuff, and he ended up adding like a pad over the top, a nice, beautiful pad. And instead of my version, it went it went back to that baseline at the end, which I personally think was a better ending. It just it felt stronger to me. But he did like a little fade out thing at the end, and he mixed and mastered it. So the song, I mean, we did artwork stuff and all that kind of stuff. And the song was released, Time Cop, featuring Primo, which I, again, I agreed to it. But just because I agreed to it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right. And it doesn't mean that it has to remain that way. I've spent a lot of time over the last year or so working on myself. My best friend died of melanoma. It's a year. It will be exactly a year on Friday. And in the last year, I've just spent a lot of time in therapy and dealing with that and like thinking of things that bug me or upset me. And life is short. And when you there's something you don't like or something that bugs you, I think you have to do something about it. So my answer to that was, you know, I asked him to keep the song the, the same, to re-upload the song. Every song has an ISRC code, which is a unique identifier for the song. And it helps track plays and, you know, playlist placements, all those kind of things. So I just said, if you could just re-upload it with the same ISRC code, so it won't change anything in terms of plays. We'll keep all the plays, all the playlist placements, all that kind of stuff. Keep yourself as a main artist. I didn't say remove yourself as a main artist, but if you could just add me as a main artist when you re-upload it, then I will now get credit for those plays and those listeners. Because right now I'm like, I mean, I'm fighting, I'm struggling. I have 3,000 monthly listeners, but I have a song sitting out there that I wrote, recorded and produced here where I'm sitting right now in my guest bedroom in Austin, Texas. And it has 300,000 plays or something and I'm not getting any of those plays on my Spotify. At this point, I'm just, yeah, I, those emails have gone un, unanswered. So that's kind of where I am with it. I'm like a little bit disappointed and... I think that it's important to talk about these things, you know, reading comments that are like amazing work as always with the production. Your production is so amazing. I could do without, you know, the singer or whatever are particularly painful when I spent so much time and energy producing that song <laughs> and right. for it to be unnoticed and unsaid. And even the metadata was listed. Time Cop listed himself as a songwriter on the song and, and me, both of us as songwriters, but only put himself as a producer on the song that I produced and it sucks because people love it and they they put it it's on so many good great playlists and it's like got so many plays and it hurts me because I'm like oh my god I'm like begging for playlists all the time and like you have a song that it's there it's right there and it's like just out of your grasp and it was it feels like it was taken from me and yeah I I was complicit in it and I'm mad at myself for sure and if I could go back and do it again I wouldn't have but um, I also don't know if I'd be sitting here talking to you because maybe if I didn't do it you guys still wouldn't know who the fuck I am it's hard to say. My buddy Mike, who is like modern knight now, who used to be hoo-ha, like, because I was talking to him about this stuff, like how, you know, when people feature as artists or they're being you know, in collaborations and how they deal with it. And like, so his solution has always been anytime he collabs, instead of doing like featurings to do and, you know, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. And yeah. And it's very easy. <laughs> An aha moment for me was when I played in... Yordi came to Austin and, and Dallas for shows and he asked me and Jesse Fry to sing with him on those songs or that we did with him on those shows. And Jesse Fry was talking to me about how this changed her life, this feature with Time Cop, because she was the main artist and he was featured. 
and how it changed her life. Like how her plays went up and like everyone, she started getting these amazing opportunities and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking like, wow, (laughs) that would have been amazing. And I said something to that effect. And she said, oh, well, I wrote the song. And I said, girl, (laughs) I wrote it. I recorded it and I produced it. Right. That was frustrating to me, especially after hearing like how beneficial it was. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think, I mean, there's a lesson here for everybody. Yeah. Pretty much everyone I've talked to, you know, who I have on the show, whose music I play, like we've all had like very good interactions. Sometimes there are some people who you just think, oh, they're like they're bigger and maybe they're jerks or they take advantage of people. And sometimes people are just really nice. They just happen to go through these procedures where it's like, Ooh, you know, it would have been better if this went a different way or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I like Yordi. He's a nice guy. I do too. But in this situation, like, I understand what you're talking about. Because yeah. I know other situations where it's not quite the same. Like, with, with what you're saying, that you're actually, like, just, I made the damn song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is different. I've, I've known other people who they go into collaborations where one person clearly did more. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. not to the extent that what you're saying. But, you know, still like, hey, I made the song and this person started the beat and then I basically made the song around it and then changed the beat right there's always ways that I've justified that stuff in my own head going like you know well if this person never laid down this thing then the song never would have been made and so people it's like like I had this guy on a few weeks ago uh, Wojciech Golchevsky and he made this amazing soundtrack for this movie and clearly the music would be better than any movie that it accompanied like like the music was insanely good Mm -hmm. and I still had to say well I still have to give credit to the filmmaker even if the music is better than the movie this soundtrack wouldn't have existed if right. if this movie didn't exist right because that was the impetus for making the soundtrack and which is why your situation is different <laughs> because okay. it clearly there was just a song that existed before anything i mean i played it i used to i played it at shows forever before it came out you know it's been it was in existence for a while before it was in a different existence i guess yeah yeah and i think another reason why this story is unfortunate is because the synthwave scene is predominantly male and i'm always on the lookout for more female producers you know not just vocalists Mm -hmm. and when your name gets attached as featuring primo uh, it doesn't acknowledge your skills as a producer? I mean, I'm a perfect example. I never was told I could do these things. It was kind of just expected I would hold a microphone and sing. And so you have to overcome societal expectations and and that's that's part of it but you are seeing people starting to do that you are seeing women start to say no i i can do this oh yeah for sure and since the like the barrier to entry is so low now i mean you know you can pick up a cheap copy of fruity loops and pretty much everybody you know these tools are available to everybody you can even be like using an old shitty laptop and you can be a shitty producer and still do it. Yes, no, that's definitely true. I, I mean, you know, we're we're overpowered with like so much bad stuff. It's like hard to even weed through it. You know, it's well, like, imagine my life because I, I get it sent to me, so I'm not even. It's not even weeding through it. It's like flying. I know, at I me. totally get it, but it's also frustrating for people like me who are trying to be heard. We're like fighting through. It's like how do we ever get to the person because they to get to us, they have to get through so much shit. You know, that's a problem for everybody in the scene now. I mean, like, the problem is the deluge affects everybody. Female producers, male producers, they all say the same thing to me. It's like, how do you get noticed when there's fucking 10,000 artists making this the same kind of music? Which is why I did what I did. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's why I was like, here, take this part of me that I created and take it for yours. And I do want to clarify, I like Yordi. It it sucks 
for me to have to be in this position. Frankly, I'm kind of like mad that I even have to do this. But I mean, what I think happened was he just really liked the song and he wanted it. I think that's all it really comes down to. And um, he was in a position of power to ask for it. And I was in a different position of like desperation to give it. And that was a mistake on his part and on my part. But since then, there were opportunities to correct the situation, like times when he's been asked, you know, straight up like, this is such a departure from your usual sound. That's an opportunity to say, hey, well, that's because this girl, Primo, produced it. You know what I mean? Since I asked, could you please fix it? Begged, actually. You know, could you please fix this? And and it fell on deaf ears. There's There's been opportunities to fix it. And I guess that's where I'm like finding the most disappointment. I, I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? As much as I like you and as much as I don't want to piss off all of your fans and all of your friends in this community, I mean, I'm terrified right now. You need to understand like people are going to be mad at me. That is just what happens when people come out of the woodworks and say, something that happened about someone that they really like and he is very well liked so what I'm doing right now is is scary and I don't want to have to do this this is not something where I'm like I want to you know expose this person I don't want to do that but it's just one of those things where we are in a point in time where people's art that's like that's my whole life and for me to be the kind of person I am where I'm like, I stand up for this and I stand up for that and then not stand up for myself. It's like the most hypocritical thing I could do. So it's like I'm, I, I have to. And I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that, you know, I don't receive <laughs> a huge backlash from being honest. But I'm trying to fix my mistake. Yeah. And to be like, like I said earlier, just be acknowledged for more than just vocals. I mean, not that I'm diminishing artists who just sing and write lyrics, you know, far from it. Obviously, that's uh, incredibly important. People do need to understand that lyrics and melody are the only copyrightable part of the song. The rest of it's just mechanical, right? Like the recording. The lyrics and melody are the meat of a song. And so it is interesting that a lot of these women that are writing the song, the lyrics and the melody of the song are featured on a lot of these songs. That's not correct, in my opinion. People are agonizing over lyrics. They're spending hours and hours and hours tracking vocals and doubles and ad libs and harmonies. And I just think that we need to enter a new phase here where this feature thing is a feature is when you've made a track and then somebody comes and raps on a bridge. You know what I mean? But when I think when people are writing a song together and when, you know, someone is contributing lyrics and melody and maybe somebody's contributing track, that's an and situation. I think that's where we need to be. Yeah. This person and this person because it's the benefit is going towards one person and I don't think that's fair. No, that makes sense. I am with you on this. Hell yeah, sister. If anyone's listening, <laughs> no, I, Are I agree listening with that. To this? <laughs> we're just trying to change the world today, okay? <laughs> and we're trying to change the world. <laughs> We're trying to say, I, I honestly have to tell you, like, I feel like a whole weight has been lifted off of me right now. I cannot explain it to you. Like, I'm going to edit like, all this out. Honestly, oh my like, God, I would be so upset. <laughs> I just feel like this has been just so it's, it, this has been great for me. Like, it, think about it. Since this came out for like a, you know, almost a year, I've been like seething. People are like, love this song by, t they don't even tag me. You know, they post about it. It's like, I don't exist. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow, it's like cutting off a piece of me every time. And yeah. so this is just so freeing right now. I feel like, I don't know. I'm about to write a song when I get off this freaking microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'll write a song about you. Well, <laughs> It's going to be called Toy Story. Yeah, call it a Toy Story featuring Primo. 
You write the whole thing. I will rap on the bridge. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. And we'll credit me as the artist. Yep. And what's even I'm less? Is, for it. is there less than featuring? I mean, there's ways to make featuring seem smaller by like putting someone's name really tiny at the bottom. Yeah, there we go. So I'll, I'll, I'll demand <laughs> that, that uh, your name only shows up in like size seven font. Yeah. Yes. And like mine's in like 14. Sure. So look, let's listen to more music. All right. Yeah, we just talked there. That's a huge chunk that I don't think I'm going to be able to even throw a song in the middle of. It's important. This is going to be a very special episode of Beyond Synth. I mean, ultimately, it's it's always tricky, but I feel like this situation can and hopefully after this episode will be resolved. And I, I think from my point of view, I, don't, I obviously don't want you being judged for this. Uh, you know, I like Yordi. He's a nice dude. And hopefully this is a thing we can just take all as like a moving forward. Let's fucking be a little fairer to the people we're featuring. Let's be better. Yeah. Let's give credit where credit's due. Yes. Just think about where you are. You have what what power you have to change things for the better and and do that. That's the whole point kind of a, of success to me is that you have power to help other people. I don't know, that seems like a really important part of it. So, you know, I think we should all think about that. Well, on that note, let's listen to this track called Sex Dreams. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So look, uh, this is by Primo and it's called Sex Dreams and you're going to dig it.
Primo the Alien. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with Primo the Alien right now, Laura. Yeah. So we just had a big, long, serious talk. Sexy time now, baby. With this lovely track uh, called Sex Dreams. That may be my favorite. Well, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written and produced. I just love that song. <laughs> Is that bad to say you love your own song? That's fine. I just love performing that song. That's like my, I guess that's what it is. That's my favorite song to perform. It's so fun to sing. Right. It's got lots of good high notes. Um, I do lots of pelvic, like a really hard pelvic thrusting, you know, when it's like, and then we, ah, ah, I always like pelvic thrust so hard. I almost throw my back out, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I throw my back out when I sleep the wrong way. I'm all fucked up. Yeah. You were saying you go to yoga. Like I got to do yoga or something, man, because I have to go. You should see if I'm going to tell you all right now, a primo show is crazy. Like I am going to do physical things. I am going to be sweating profusely and like writhing around on the floor. I'm going to have bruises. I'm going to have scrapes. You know, Mm. I can't go out there and not be limber. I got to stretch. I got to be ready. How often do you have to yoga? I usually try to go. Recently, I've been trying to go every day to yoga when I mean, well, you know, when I can, when I'm not drunk in Vegas, I try to go. Mm. Um, But it's part of it, too, is just the the I am a obviously and I'm sure everyone can tell a very um, I go really fast and in my mind, I'm going like even faster. And so it's like a really good time to reset a little bit during the day and, you know, try to quiet the demons inside yeah i just need to be more flexible yeah yours is just purely flexible i'm quite comfortable with the demons (laughs) that's why i can't look people in the eyes but like i've never been able to touch my toes in my life oh man Although, uh, one of my listeners sent me a link to a video telling me that uh, touching my toes isn't such a big deal, and really I should be able to do some weird exercise where I put my arms up against a brick wall and, like, stretch my hamstrings or something while pushing my chest towards the wall. All right. How do you feel about that? Is this as a listener, you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, when they sent me that uh, message, it was also accompanied by a photo of like me, but like taken from outside of the house through the window. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, hey man, like I'll take advice from just about any place. Yeah. I mean, touching your toes seems like just like a basic thing everyone should be able to do. But who am I to say? I'm just a certified personal trainer. Okay. <laughs> what do I know? Are you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. Too many things, some would say. Name. Name all the things. Um, well, I am a... I, I do, Number one. A, a per, yeah, certified personal trainer. Number two. I'm a makeup artist. I do makeup for Yamaha and Sennheiser videos and stuff. Well, like you make up the keyboards? I make up the dudes talking about the keyboards. And what else? I am a courier, a notary. I flip houses. <laughs> <laughs> This is like when I talked to Serena, and then we just ended up the whole show talking about the fact that she used to run this like crazy high-end shoe company for celebrities. Oh my God, you bringing her up, I got to say this right now. That bitch right there, that's my bitch right there, mm. okay? Let me tell you, shout out to you. If I don't appreciate listen. this language. She has supported me, like even with the stuff we were talking about. She's been so supportive and encouraging for me. Oh my God, I can't even tell you. That girl, that's family. I love her. Just want to say that. But anyway, all to all my, my other things I do. No, and I'm also a music producer. Oh, and I have a podcast, comedy podcast called Heavy Friending. And yeah, that's, you know, just things here and there. But that's why I have to do yoga. Listen to me. I'm like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I get it. Um, flip houses. Yeah, yeah. I flip houses, man. I'm flipping like three houses right now. How's that going? Um, It's scary. It's very, it's a very scary thing. It's always, wait, you think it's going to be this much money and then it's always more. And then, you know, someone steals stuff from inside or spray paints fuck gentrification on the side of the freshly painted house or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I live, the area I live in right now, they're, uh, it's a nicer area in Toronto. I mean, I could never afford to actually buy a house here because mm-hmm. the housing prices in Toronto are fucked. Yeah. If I wanted to buy a house, on my street it's like one million dollars mm-hmm. yeah, we all have that <laughs> fuck i can barely pay rent right anyway but it's funny you say that because they're they're flipping a church right now and so there's always mm-hmm. those fuck gentrification spray paints on all the billboards like going like there's going to be a building here yeah i totally get it and i i i think gentrification is like fucked up and all that kind of shit but like i am not a multi-million mm-hmm. dollar person flipping things i'm like trying to survive and live and and you know it sucks but well that's the irony of these fucking revolts of the proletariat man you know they're just sitting there throwing bricks through all their own windows meanwhile the fucking fat cats on top aren't getting their windows broken they're on wall street guys i could throw a brick through those windows okay stop yeah exactly up my flip houses please yeah Do you have those same problems then? You know, whenever you watch those TV shows where they're flipping houses, where like every time it's always like, it's just going to go smooth. And then they crack open the wall and they're always like, oh, asbestos. And they act surprised, even though like there's always asbestos and there's always a (laughs) a pipe going nowhere and rats and shit and termite damage every time. Yeah, I feel like the only issues that are encountered are usually more things like we can't get a permit, you know, that's but that's not fun for a TV show. The permits delay you know (laughs) then that would be the extent of it the permit is delayed yeah so yeah it's usually i haven't encountered that yet knock on wood i have a uh buddy i went to film school with who's like one of the camera ops on property brothers you know the Mm -hmm. twin brothers who fuck each other i'm convinced but um anyway go ahead oh i'm yeah probably but uh, they basically for drama say oh you know how the behind the scenes of tv shows basically like every house they flip always has all of the problems and then it's sort of like up to the editor to choose which one they're going to focus on for the dramatic part of the episode Mm -hmm. because like every time they crack open a wall it's always asbestos termite damage Mm -hmm. uh old lead pipes and then basically like it's like, do we do lead pipes last week? All right, this week we're going to focus on the, the asbestos, right. you know? And then they act like, well, we wanted to flip that room, but there was asbestos. I'm like, yeah, I know. Every fucking house has asbestos, yeah. you weird freaks. Yeah, I don't, I don't even watch any of that shit because it's 
boring to me. I'd rather, you know, curl up with a glass of wine and watch all three Toy Stories back to back. You know, that's the kind of girl See? I am. That's what I like. I uh, Actually, I don't really have time to watch movies anymore. So what I like to do is just uh, curl up with a big bag of smack. Okay. I don't smoke it. I just curl up with it. Smell it. Yeah. Shove it up my ass. Do you want to listen to another song? Yes. Well, this one we talked about earlier on the show. This was kind of like not quite as jokey as the other ones, oh. but I do like this track. It's called Give It Back. Mm, yes. And yes. it's by Primo the Alien.
And that was Primo the Alien with Give It Back. And I'm here right now with Primo, Laura Lee, Bishop, Yam Queen. Yam Queen, baby. Yam Queen, house flipping, gentrifying motherfucker. Yes, I love it. All the things that make up a rich tapestry that is my life. Yeah. Yeah. And music production is just way down on the list, you know? First, what am I first? I'm a house flipper first and foremost. House flipper featuring music producer. Yes, exactly. Honestly, though, music, like, that's all I care about and all I do all day long. I care about nothing else in the world but making music. I get up, I come in here, I sit down, and I don't get up and even hold my pee for a really long time sometimes because I just can't leave, can't tear myself away. I honestly, this is a weird thing to say, I find having to go to the bathroom uh, an annoyance, especially when I'm in the zone. I actually get mad at myself. Like if I'm working and I'm like, everything's going smooth and great and all of a sudden it's like, Mm -hmm. I gotta go to the fucking bathroom. Like my biggest problem is... um, Wiping. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm European. I sit on the sink and fucking splash water on my ass. But like, I just, if I'm distracted, like I have to be in the zone to work. Mm -hmm. I'm not skilled. I'm 38 years old. I still have not mastered the getting myself in the zone. I just sort of have to happen to be in the zone as I'm working. Mm -hmm. And when you have kids, I've got kids, I get pretty much interrupted every seven to 10 minutes. Yeah, gross. And I need like three minutes of reset time. Like if I get back to my computer, I've almost like forgotten where I am. I'm like some doddering like old man. Like, what was I doing? Well, hang on. How long are you in the bathroom, bud? I think that's, we need need to address that first. Is it, are you away for a while? Hey man, (laughs) fucking normal amount, like 47 minutes. That's cool, right? Who are those people, by the way? There's people like that out there though. They go in there to just like sit there forever. What is, what are those people doing? You know what? I think I might understand it more now. I guess it depends on the layout of your house. So we live in an apartment. We've got kids and stuff and sometimes like that's a, a moment I have to myself because we don't have a lot of rooms mm. right like I, when I grew up my dad lived in this big house and there's lots of rooms so anytime you want privacy there's just another room you can go to right right whereas our apartment is like it's like one big room I turned half of it into a talk show set mm-hmm. and so sometimes when I'm in the can it's just like my alone time for this seven minutes or whatever yeah. uh, and even when you have kids it's not even really alone time anymore because at any minute a kid can just burst in and go like I gotta go to the bathroom I'm like ah you know mm-hmm. god it sounds horrible children because I'm at that age now where it's like oh am I gonna do it am I not gonna do it oh, oh. and I'm just thinking no you know it doesn't sound too fun to me you know like all the cliches of life you know when people say things like just like oh you know when this happens blah blah and you're like yeah fuck you mm-hmm. old man mm-hmm. like uh, my life's gonna be different it's all true And basically, kids is like, it is the greatest thing and also frustrating, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, if someone's going to sit there and be like, act like it's perfect, like, it's not. The magic of it is watching them grow and learn and stuff. Like, that's the the exciting thing. Mm -hmm. Seeing them actually, like, develop language and their personalities that kind of show up out of nowhere. Because you can, like, literally raise them both the same. We've got two, and they're so different. And it's like, well, I didn't change anything. I I mean, I got older, but, like, everything's still the same. Right. It's funny seeing the differences and seeing them develop personalities and stuff. Like, that's really cool. And then there's those moments where I want to work and I can't. Right. The only weird thing is the this sort of, like, unconditional love you develop that I wasn't aware I had. Because mm-hmm. I can be pretty, like, detached as a person. I also have this thing. I just can't look people in the eye, you know? Right. I get it. When you have kids, all of a sudden, this, like, other, like, valve in your heart opens up. Yeah. I mean, like, not literally, but, like, a metaphorical one. We are getting to the heart of you today. Oh, my God. You are revealing it all. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you just, you have a kid and you're like, all of a sudden, 
Well, you just care. You care in a way you didn't before about anybody else. Yeah. Like, there's lots of people I really like, but then if push came to shove, I'm just like, well, I mean, I wouldn't get shot for you. Like, you know, I'd be sad if you did, but like... But when you have kids, all of a sudden you're like, you would, and it's weird to think that. Wait, you wouldn't take a bullet for me, though, really? For you? Yes. I'm younger than you. I'm younger. I'm more talented. I can contribute more to society. I, I would use you as a human shield. Good luck, buddy. That's what I would do. You can't even touch your toes. How are you going to move me as a shield? No way. It'd be like fucking Andy Last gets shot at featuring Primo. And then it would <laughs> just be a be picture of you on the ground. Oh, God, I can't. Well, I get what you're saying about kids. I feel that way about my sister. Oh, man. I die for, kill for, and uh, she's my best friend. She's still developing her language, and yeah. it's beautiful to watch. No, she's, she's 16 months younger, and she's a, a surgeon, so she's developed that part. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I know. Got an accomplished family. You've yeah. got a surgeon and a house flipper. Yeah. Mom's real proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? What's happening over there? Someone trying to escape? They're doing fucking uh, okay. construction. All right, I'm just just checking, doing my due diligence. They're banging on the floor. They're because they're what they're doing is they're ripping out a wall. To, they're trying to extend the kitchen upstairs, mm. and uh, every time they hit the floor, just debris just comes down on the ceiling, just little specks. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll go back into the kitchen to fucking check my saucepan, and there'll be like fucking specks in it of stuff. Mm-hmm. They're stirring up all that asbestos in there. Is what they're doing. The guy was like, uh, "Hey, like stuff isn't falling down from your ceiling, is there?" And I'm like. Yeah, there is. He's like, oh, because I think he was expecting me to say no. Yeah, because there's nothing he can do about it. So I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, I know there's nothing you can do about it. So I've just been brooming it up with my broom. But look, I want to listen to more music. All right, how about we listen to this track, uh, Number One Alien? Ooh, for sure. Yeah, let's do it. That's fun. So uh, we'll do it right now, man. This is uh, Primo the Alien with Number One Alien.
And that was number one, Alien by Primo. The Alien. And I'm here right now with Primo right now. And that was a... Right now? It's a fun little track. It's a little, I like that uh, silly like people in concert banter stuff like in the middle. <laughs> yeah. My friends, my friend's dad did that. Oh my God, it's Primo. We were like laughing hysterically at that. It was so funny. <laughs> Just the way he says it like such a dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's Primo. Like you can tell he was on the spot and she's like, do this dad. And he was like, okay. And like kind of nervous about it. <laughs> I love it. That was a fun one. It's my made up world where people like my music and listen to it and uh, make money doing it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, fans. And uh, you have to do that to get through the day. You know, you got to uh, tell yourself the lie. That's a, that's a lie I've been telling myself since uh, 2013 when I started this show. Yeah. The lie is people listen to this. Right. You have to. It sucks. You have to. If you don't do it, it's impossible to keep doing it. It's too painful. Being creative and I mean, making, I can speak to making music specifically. Making music is one of the most painful things in the world. And everyone I talk to who does it says the same thing. We're always so tormented and um, rejected and dejected and all those things at all. And, and at the same time, simultaneously thinking we're like the biggest star in the world and no one's figured it out yet. Like hating ourselves and thinking what we make is utter garbage. And then also thinking, how has no one seen how fucking good I am yet? It's like such a weird way to live. No, I got you. That's kind of what that was. It was just like, hey, here's me if I ever made it. (laughs) (laughs) There'd be this weird dad in the crowd who was happy to see me. Dads love me. My listeners are like almost 90% male. The Synthwave audience in general is that like I've been talking to some other artists as well when they talk about doing promoted posts and things like that it sucks because I've tried I'm terrible at marketing like I'm not good like the only reason why I have even like fucking 13 people listening to this is that I've been doing it for so many years and I just haven't stopped that's just a numbers game when I've tried to kind of market outside the demographic it just doesn't work like I've tried it and I've, other people have said the same thing like when they target you know synthwave male 25 to 42 or whatever right and then whenever right. you try and but you might get female followers through that like just it happens that way but if you specifically target female then you get like nothing yeah that's been the struggle this whole time especially with this scene and with this show is like whenever I play this kind of music for people especially the vocal synth pop tracks I think that that seems to appeal more broadly mm-hmm. everyone loves it yeah you know everyone loves 80s nostalgia and when you play a song that sounds like that people are like this is fun but then when it comes time to like make people understand what they're listening to like people will watch Stranger Things but they're not gonna go research what band did the soundtrack Ooh, they live in Austin they're not gonna care like well, what studio created that cool title sequence or whatever right yeah. I've always been the kind of nerd to do that sort of research right when I play a video game with a cool soundtrack I'm like who wrote this like who is this person Mm -hmm. and it bugs me because there's so many things in our pop culture right now that are uh, retro inspired or are fueled by nostalgia right yet no one would ever know all those elements that actually make it feel nostalgic like people don't care like who does the music and stuff even though they would like it if you just but you can't individually go up to every person and just say fucking listen to this idiot I wish you would start doing that though with my music I'd really appreciate it um <laughs> but i see i feel like i'm in two different worlds though kind of because i clearly i don't i don't particularly make synth wave or whatever and um i have gigged so much a lot of people in the genre don't gig like 
how a lot of musicians do. Like I am playing shows. I mean, if I'm not like once or twice a month. So I have like an Austin thing that I'm doing that is just so like different from like what Synthwave is to, you know, that community. There's like two different communities I'm a part of. And I would say that since what I'm doing is a little more accessible in terms of like, it's more like retro pop type thing going on that those shows, I mean, it's mostly women and gay men. That's my group here. That's the thing I've always said is people are not capitalizing on the fucking gay market for this. Yeah. And they should. When I was growing up, I just so happened to like all this stuff that just so happened to have like, like my favorite band is Depeche Mode. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things that are sort of linked to like the gay community and I just figure like dude these people are fucking loving this shit Uh, but I've never seen anyone actively go unless they are like a gay artist like that always seems to be like the in is like well I'm gay Mm -hmm. and I make like kind of disco-y kind of stuff right? and they're maybe they're more comfortable playing like those kind of clubs and stuff but like there's an untapped potential here especially for the dancier synth pop kind of stuff yeah I also think that there's but part of the problem is there's like some kind of like backwards macho thing in this community too that I feel like there would be some hurdles to overcome just like with some of these people to like want to reach out to an LGBTQIA audience. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm more concerned about the G in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say this another thing. Like I, there's so many dudes that I'm friends with through this that are from all over the world who have been like so wonderful to me and supportive. And I have three collaborations coming out this year. One will be out actually February 14th. Valentine's. Yeah, Valentine's Day with uh, that one's with Mr. The Kid and um, it's called Possession and that was a wonderful collaborative experience. We both um, went back and forth with ideas for a long time and really worked on it really hard together. Really hard together. Nice. I think it turned out really well. And then two others that I'm very excited about but haven't announced yet and I just want to say wonderful experiences and I've made like some great friends. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I look forward to uh, hearing some of those tracks. But look, uh, (laughs) we should probably wind this thing down, man. But I want to... uh, I want to listen to another song before we do. Okay. So here it is. This is Showdown City by Primo the Alien.
Showdown City by Primo. Hell yeah. You know, sometimes I say the alien and sometimes I say the alien. What do you say? I just say live and let live. Live, laugh, love. Dance like no one's watching. Mm. Yeah, Showdown City, let me tell you. That's one of my other favorite ones to perform. I have the guitar. I like really go, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you play it. I play it. Play that guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually playing bass this weekend for another band, which I'm scared about, but uh, hopefully it goes well. You're scared because you don't know how to play it? Well, it's not that I don't know how to play it. It's that, you know, if it were a synthwave group, I would just go... What the fuck? You fucking saying fucking synthwave is fucking blah, blah, blah? I am. I'm saying it. If you're curious, I'm listen, I'm saying it right now. Yeah, y'all use a lot of 16th note bass lines, okay? And we all know it. Ah, they... They hit my heart in the right place. You exactly. don't know how much I love this. Exactly. Music. And the thing is, people love it. So it's fine. It's all good. You do it. It's fine. But, you know, sometimes it seems like maybe try something new. But that's just an idea. Hey, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. You fucking. Yep. I'm saying it. I'm saying what you think. Um, <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> it's funky stuff that's like kind of hard on bass. So and, and I, you know, didn't have a lot of time to practice or learn it. So I'm actually as soon as I get off with you, I'm going to just rub my fingers raw, buddy. You know what I mean? Every single thing you just said <laughs> is a euphemism. Yeah, that is one of my, I would say it's one of my greatest skills is the ability to make everything sound disgusting. 
<laughs> but I didn't say it was disgusting. Even in songs, I do it all the time. It's a problem, actually. I should probably work on it. Hey, man, something to think about when you're doing yoga and flipping houses. Hell yeah. And couriering? We didn't even talk about that. What was yeah, that yeah, about? running shit all over this town. Like on a bike? No, I don't ride my... You can't... Bikes aren't going to work in, in Texas. Everything's too far apart and too spaced out, you know? We don't, it's not urban enough here. That's right. I, I live in a metropolis. I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah. We don't, and we have horrible public transportation and like, it's crazy. But yeah, I like, you know, just delivering things. A Christmas gift wrapper. I've done that. Like dressed as an elf? No one's asked me to do that, but I would for sure. But yeah, a lot of musicians have the same thing. They, that we do like a, a, a thousand different things to get by. Well, that's cool. Well, that's cool. It's fun. It's, it's good to keep busy or else you go fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is fun. I enjoyed talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Did that sound sarcastic? I didn't mean it to. People tell me that when I say heartfelt things, I say it in like a sarcastic way, which is probably a defense me- mechanism for having a problem saying heart actual heartfelt things. But I did have an, a nice time talking to you. I have the same problem. Whenever I say sincere things, it, it, it seems to be said in like kind of like my game show voice. And then it sounds like I'm being insincere. But so why don't you try it right now? Try Why don't you try it right now? Let's try to say something really genuinely nice to me. To you. Well, I just said something very genuinely nice to you. So I'm just saying it'd be a good way to end is that you say something really nice to me. Well, now you're putting me on the spot to say something nice about you sincerely. Yeah. Um, like your hair. Okay. I see how it's going to be. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Asshole. It's probably just a wig too, right? Nope. It's the way it grows out of my head. Purple. <laughs> And the carpet does match the drapes. Well, that's always the most important question I ask all Mm -hmm. people I meet. (laughs) It's time for the final question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That would be amazing. Everyone's just ready for it. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> that time again. Anyway, listen, you have a lovely day. It was nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, great talking to you, too. And uh, and keep on making cool music. And when you fucking debut those tracks, we'll, uh, we'll play them on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening out there, too. No, don't thank them. Oh, okay. Fuck y'all. They're part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Synthwave is dead. Should I end with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. All right, and that was my conversation with Primo the Alien. Definitely uh, probably going to spark some dialogue within the scene. So hopefully it's all positive, uh, just like the positive donations uh, from all my awesome Patreon supporters like Chatterack, Mads Baron Christensen, Prophet of Jupiter, and we'll never forget the immortal Chris Lane. And you know, you guys can help support Beyond Synth by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or beyondsynth.com and click on the donate button. And there's also a PayPal button there too. And you can subscribe with PayPal. I don't know if you guys knew that, but you can do like five bucks a month and it'll do just like Patreon. Or you can do more if you're one of them wealthy businessmen I keep hearing about. (laughs) Anyway, I just want to say... yeah, I think uh, I think that conversation was important, and I think it's just going to hopefully promote some discussion about collaborating with artists and to acknowledge the effort uh, that people put into tracks. Because it is true, I think, in the past, 
I've been guilty of this as well as that you know when there's an artist who you know it produces a track and then it says featuring and then there's a vocalist there is this sort of subtle assumption that the vocalist didn't do that much like oh they just sang you know and the producer did everything and the singer just sort of walked in like Krusty the Clown and sang three bars of music in like 30 seconds then walked away when meanwhile of course writing lyrics and melody uh, you know a lot of vocalists record their own vocals do their own sort of uh, vocal effects Um, in some cases I know some vocalists who are the ones who also finish the song like they master it you know the producer sends them the song the vocalist adds the lyrics and then produces the track to make sure it all sounds nice and that their voice really sort of works with the song and stuff like that sometimes it's the vocalist that's doing that stuff and look to be fair sometimes it's the producer who's cleaning up bad vocals all right the point is that maybe it's time you know within our scene to rethink the featuring aspect of music now look you guys can still do it i don't care i'm just saying think about it you know the next time you make some song that's pretty generic and a singer brings it to life Ask yourself, are they really featuring on this song, or is this now their song too? Like, I've known many scenarios. Obviously, doing this show for so many years, being friends with so many musicians, yes, I've heard stories, behind-the-scenes things of people who, you know, had to work with broken vocals and had to spend so much time fixing them, and it sounds like, you know, a, a rough experience, and I've heard the opposite you know someone who provided like you know a pretty generic sounding track and the vocalist just turned it into something else and made the song like the vocals made the song i also want to be clear here that i'm not judging because believe me up until this point this is the way that i thought about this but to me it's just like oh yeah you know so-and-so featuring so-and-so i never really thought about the amount of work that goes into properly produced uh vocals and melody and all of those things and maybe that was a blind spot on my part but i i'm not passing judgment on anybody i don't care if you still do the featuring thing like i'm not saying you're a bad person if you did because obviously i didn't care so i mean i can't i can't act all holy like i'm not one of these people who like you know suddenly reads about some tragedy in the world and all of a sudden like i'm like a crusader for that topic and start chastising people who don't agree with me like i'm not that kind of a guy i believe that's disingenuous because i have to acknowledge the way that i used to think i'm like that with everything you know i can't chastise people for having the opinion i had because it's like well i had that opinion so obviously i know what it's like to be a person with that opinion so how can i go out and get mad at somebody for it all we can do is have conversations like this and then hope that we all learn something from it does that make sense and again this isn't the end of the world we're not talking about like (laughs) you know like world issues here we're talking about music but Like I've always said, music is very important to me. And if you pour your heart and soul into a thing and you aren't given the credit for that, I know that that can be a very painful and stupid experience. Uh, Look how eloquent I am. (laughs) Stupid experience. So look, thanks for listening to the show. This has been Beyond Synth. Tune in next week where we're going to do a bunch of live shows and probably talking a lot about this episode. (laughs) 
And maybe we'll do a call-in show. You guys can all call in and tell me what you think. We'll do that next week. I'll try and set that up. Uh, Have a lovely weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. This has been Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... time.